Welcome to The Snap with Alexis Perry and Sydney Jones. Happy Wednesday, Broncos country, and welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network for another edition of The Snap. I'm Sydney Jones, joined as always by my co host, Alexis Perry. Alexis, a brutally tough and cold, cold, cold loss on Sunday. I don't know about you, but have your toes defrosted yet? Because mine haven't. And I know you were outside that whole entire time pregame. Yeah, unfortunately, Sydney, I could not honestly report that I have thought out from that game, specifically pregame. You know, we do this really fun Broncos pregame show outside of the Little Mile High Monument. So myself, Steve Atwater, Matt Boyer, and our entire crew, we were just out there freezing our tushies off. So a big thank you to everyone who tuned in to that live show. We do that for every single home game. We really appreciate it. You know, thinking back to Sunday and pregame, you know, the Broncos knew heading into that game that they would need to play a near perfect game in order to beat the Chiefs. So once the self-inflicted wounds started flowing, it it was clear the Broncos were going to have a tough time waging a comeback against the defending Super Bowl champs. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't need the defense to score 14 points for him. He is fully capable of doing it himself. So it was definitely disappointing that it wasn't a little bit more competitive, but I really think this Broncos team learned some valuable lessons that they can take this week into the Chargers. I know I learned some valuable lessons about socks and hand warmers and feet warmers and just my snow gear that I'm going to need for some of these pregame shows for the remainder of the season. So lessons learned all around. It's a new week and we're getting ready for a new opponent. So we're going to turn the page and look ahead to the Broncos Chargers matchup. The Broncos are in the Mile High City again, looking for their first win at home this season. And on this episode of The Snap, we have a very special guest to help us preview that matchup, Chargers team reporter, the lovely Haley Elwood. Haley, thanks so much for joining us on The Snap today. Thank you for having me. You know, we were kind of coming on and it's so funny. It's like, we're all in this group chat together, but we have not met in person. And so this is great. This is awesome. Cause this is the first time that we're really getting to virtually meet, but, um, but this will be fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Well, Haley, before we dive into the game, can you actually start by telling us exactly what your role is with the chargers? So my role as the team reporter is a little bit of everything. So it's a combination of video work, podcast work, and editorial work as well. So videos, you know, now we do it all on Zoom, but player interviews prior to the COVID pandemic, when we had a thing known as the preseason, I was also working as the team's preseason sideline reporter for broadcast. And then editorial work, just writing articles as needed. That's actually how I started with the team, um, which we might get to later on in in the show. And then podcasts. I host a podcast called Playmakers, very similar to this one. So I'm always here to support women supporting women and and lifting everyone up in this industry because it's crazy, but but it's so great when, when we can do that as well. Well, you do such a fantastic job. We truly love following your work. And speaking of which, work has to be pretty fun right now for you guys, given all the hoopla surrounding your rookie quarterback turned starter, Justin Herbert. How have things really changed around LA since Herbert was named the starter? To reference things that the team has talked about, this is why they drafted him sixth overall. You know what I mean? He was the face of the future for this team. Unfortunately, what happened with Tyrod Taylor was a huge setback. And, and the way that that, that Justin Herbert find, found out seconds before kickoff essentially against the Kansas city chiefs in week two was just incredible. But, but I think what we've seen from him so far is that it's very, very clear that 
this was the guy who the team envisioned him to be. And to me, what he's done without a preseason, without really anything in person until the very, very end of training camp has been extremely impressive to watch. And it'll be fun to watch him go up against the Broncos on Sunday. Yeah, Herbert is definitely a guy who's made a difference on the field, and we certainly saw that on Sunday. He's coming off that dominant performance against the Jags. Three touchdowns, 347 passing yards, and he was the Chargers' leading rusher. Were you expecting that, Ailey? He he put the team on his back in that performance for sure, and I think with the team having four straight losses – The tough spot there was the fact that they hadn't been able to really play a full complete game and they were down in the third quarter and the offense led by Herbert willed them back and the defense got stops. But, but I think what we've seen from him so far, and it's been so impressive to watch week after week is he keeps getting better week after week. And he has this poise about him that it's never really looked like the game has been too big for him at any moment. And if it has, holy moly, he covers it very, very well. I I actually listened to his interview with Dan Patrick today and, and Dan Patrick asked him kind of, you know, what's it like out there? You make it look so easy. And he said, it is, it is hard. And, And one of the big things is obviously going up against NFL defenses, which are loaded with playmakers and and veteran playmakers at that, that you don't normally get in college, but, but he's made it look like, again, it just hasn't been too big for him at any moment. He's made all the throws. He's got the arm, he's got the size and yeah, he led the team in rushing. He's got the mobility, which is something that chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn really liked about him coming out of Oregon, coming out of college is that ability to, to be mobile in the pocket which you didn't see with Philip Rivers over the last 15, 16 years, whatever it was, I, I, it escapes me now. But, but to have that, you know, it's just an added element to have that back there under center. Well, Haley, we hope he doesn't get any better come Sunday. <laughs> but what type of challenge do you think he can create for Denver's defense on Sunday? It seems like pressure doesn't bother him at all. No, I think that's a huge part of it. It is that poise that he has in the pocket. And I think it's the ability to make throws and, and chunk plays and every game that he's played in this season, you've seen, you know, a a 60 plus yard touchdown. He had a 70 yard one to Jalen Guyton just last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So be wary of the chunk play, I think, because he's got the ability. And like I said, he's got the arm and he's got the arm strength to really push it downfield and the precision that pass to Jalen Guyton, it was as good of a catch as it was a throw. And I feel like we say that every week. He had one to Keenan Allen um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I guess, because we had our little surprise buy in there against the New Hello. Orleans Saints. But yeah, I know. And, and you guys can definitely well, you know. speak to that. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, but but just I think I think that ability to to make the big throw, make the big play and and also just he hasn't really been rattled back there. So if Denver can rattle him, you guys will probably have some success, but he's had that poise in the pocket, which is something that every single teammate of his and every single coach of his has brought up as a really admirable factor to his game. Yeah. To blitz or not to blitz. That is the question. It seems like, Mm -hmm. you know, it worked really well with Cam Newton. Do they dust off that game plan and apply that to Justin Herbert? Or do they need to take more of a Patrick Mahomes take, which I'm sure is kind of flattering to hear. 
if he could hear us, uh, that we're yeah. kind of comparing him to that. Cause I don't know if the blitzing will necessarily work because he is so cool under pressure, but we're so excited because this is, you know, two young quarterbacks going head to head this Sunday. It's really the future of the division. When we talk about those three names and of course mm-hmm. we gotta throw Derek Carr. I'm curious though, what is the local LA buzz about the Broncos and Drew Locke and this offense and kind of how these two offenses will match up this week? I think, you know, well, Drew Locke's coming back. I believe last week was his first game back. So it was was two two weeks weeks ago, ago. two weeks ago. Okay. I think it's just kind of figuring out, you know, I think in terms of LA, you guys have a running back that we're pretty familiar with in one Melvin Gordon. Um, He was drafted my second year with the team. And so just kind of figuring out, yeah, just how he fits into that game plan. It was really funny because we haven't had a lot of media availability yet this week, since we're only here, we're speaking on a Tuesday, but coach Lynn was asked about what's it going to be like to go up against Melvin Gordon. And he goes, it's weird. I've never had to go up against him before in my life, you know, and, and it's interesting. Um, but he said, look, I think he'll be motivated, but the chargers will also be motivated too." Keenan Allen said the two of them, obviously they won't be on the field at the exact same time, but he described the matchup as fun. He goes, there's gonna be a lot of playmaking, but also a lot of talking as I think we both know that two of those guys like to talk. I think I almost wish um, in terms of not really an offensive offensive matchup, but you know, if Chris Harris Jr. was healthy to play this week, that would be fun. But again, that opportunity will come likely later in the season, but, but it'll be interesting. I think We'll see. I think what Melvin can do on the ground for the Broncos will be very interesting knowing what he has done in the past for the Chargers, for sure. You mentioned running backs, which gets me thinking of Austin Eckler out with a hamstring injury as well as a hyperextended knee. And that is truly a huge void to fill. Who's really stepping up in that role right now? Yeah, and I think the Chargers running backs by committee, which has really been due to Justin Jackson and rookie Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. I think they're still kind of trying to figure that out a little bit. And look, this offense has gone through a lot of changes. I mean, starting with Herbert at quarterback, once it was made, you know, the decision was made, I guess I should say that he was going to be the starter of the remainder of the season, but just figuring all that out. Cause then Austin got hurt and, and just kind of, it's been a little bit of a work in progress, but you look to Justin Jackson, look to Joshua Kelly, Kelly, again, rookie out of UCLA. He was a walk-on, I believe, at UCLA transfer out of UC Davis out here in California. And it'll be interesting. I know that they want to get that ground game going. That's something Coach Lynn, former Bronco, um, he loves, former running back. He loves to get the ground game going. So I think that'll be, it's up to really those two guys right now and Herbert to supplement. Herbert led the team in rushing last week. He will definitely need to supplement the run game, but ultimately look to those two guys again, Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. Now, Haley, let's talk about Keenan Allen a little bit. He has been so consistent for the Chargers over the past couple of years. We saw him as Philip Rivers' go-to receiver, and now he's establishing that same bond with Justin Herbert. What type of threat does Allen pose for this Broncos secondary on Sunday? He is just, he's so smooth. I mean, everything, anytime you ask a guy, like what is the best thing that Keenan Allen does? And it's his route running. He is so smooth in that game. I really feel like he has built such a great rapport with Herbert already that they seem to be just so in sync. Like they know where each other is on the field at all times and, and Herbert can rely on him. And I think it was so unfortunate when Keenan went out in that Saints game that he wasn't able to kind of continue that obviously, but he picked up where he left off this past week in Jacksonville. He's just such a threat. He's someone though, that the Broncos know very well. I love these divisional games because 
you almost throw records out the window a little bit. And I know both of these teams have the same record, but there's something to be said about the familiarity there. A little different this year with the quarterback, but in terms of some of the skill position players, there is that familiarity there. And they always seem to be a little harder, maybe a little closer than we probably think at the end of the day. We'll see what happens on Sunday. But, but with Keenan, I mean, his route running again, is just so smooth. He's such a threat and he he's another one who almost kind of makes it look really easy with some of the catches that he makes. I remember he had one this past week and it was like, you just kind of forget how, or, or you, you take it for granted almost just how good of a, of a skill position player he is. And, um, and that's it. I mean, he's just, he's a threat anytime he walks out on that field. A guy that you mentioned earlier who we are so familiar with, Chris Harris Jr. Would you say that the secondary is now maybe one of the Chargers' biggest defensive weaknesses without him on that side of the ball? I just think they're sort of trying to, again, figure it out a little bit, like a lot of the other sort of position groups on the field. You have Casey Hayward, who is just a steady, steady rock at, at corner. You have guys like Michael Davis who was undrafted, but yet has proven himself in this league. He had the pick six against Tom Brady and the bucks just a couple weeks ago. And you have other guys, Rayshon Jenkins, obviously at safety, you know, no Derwin James, which is a huge loss. And, and, but again, the team knew that going into this season. So in there were ways to overcompensate for that, but I think, you know, they're a group that's kind of trying to figure it out. And I think sometimes when players do get injured and you have to account for the loss of them, then you're sort of, you know, shifting again and trying to find guys to sub in. And then when Chris Harris eventually comes back, there will be again, that kind of period of, okay, well now he's back and this is how this group works together. But, but I think we'll see. I mean, they did give up some plays against uh, the Jags last week, but look, I think this team, again, they were just proud in the sense that they were able to play the complete game, finish all four quarters, which is something that they had not done over the past few weeks and something that has really been the Achilles heel of them in years past as well. So I'm not sure if I would necessarily call it a weakness necessarily, but I do think that there has been due to injuries, just some movement where they've been trying to figure things out and, and get positions and, and assignments shored up um, when they head into these games really quick, a follow-up on that, just on Chris Harris Jr. Cause I know our fans would be really curious. Chris Harris Jr. Was such a big personality in this locker room. I know that you've been kind of watching from a distance due to COVID this yeah. year, but was there a noticeable difference with Chris Harris Jr. added into the mix? I think at camp, it was just so much fun to see him up, go up against Keenan Allen, which is a battle that we've seen for years on Sundays, but to see it in camp, it was an exciting energy and a really, really fun energy. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if, if division rivals coming to their rival teams adds anything, but when you have a familiarity there, when you know a guy like that so, so well, it adds a little something. A really cool thing about him too is he was roommates with former Chargers safety Daryl Stuckey when they were at Kansas together. And I know Akib Tlaib as well. Um, and so there was always that kind of like, looming chargers connection that I didn't even really know about until after the chargers signed him in free agency. But, but yeah, I think he's, he's a guy, he's a veteran guy. He's a, you know, savvy guy, as you know. And I think just adding that juice that like, Oh, he's on our team now he's on our side. Now 
it was a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun for the secondary because I know those guys really respect him and also a lot of fun for someone like Keenan just seeing them go up against each other in practice has been fun knowing what we've seen from them and the battles that they've had on the field through the years on Sundays. Haley, last question about the matchup for you. Who, in your opinion, do you think needs to have a big game for the Chargers in order for them to beat the Broncos? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately you look at guys like Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa and affecting Drew Locke. I think you look at that defensive line. Melvin Ingram, he came back last week against Jacksonville after missing three games with an injury. And I just think any time that you can get that pressure up front, those guys are bookends. The AFC West has some really, really amazing defensive ends and just pass rushers in this division. Obviously no Von Miller or yet, but no Von Miller for this game. But um, you know, you think of him and Chubb, you think of Ingram and Bosa. And I think those two guys, if they have the ability to pressure Drew Locke and, and really affect him, that will ultimately bode well for the Chargers. Well, Haley, I know we could sit here and talk about the game all day, but let's dive a little bit more into your career. For all of you at home listening, you know that one of our main goals here on The Snap is to inspire young women looking to work in sports by highlighting some of the most prominent women in and around the NFL. And Haley certainly fits into that category. One thing I want to talk about, Haley, is that you also have a podcast that highlights women in and around the Chargers organization. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but can you tell us about the start of that and how it's grown since? Yeah. So I started Playmakers a year ago, which is, yes, as you said, highlighting women in around the Chargers organization, as well as the broader sports world. So we have these really great conversations with anyone from sports broadcasters like Tracy Wolfson and Aaron Andrews to women internally, like Allison Miner, who's a physical therapist and athletic trainer for us, just one of very, very few women who has, who is an athletic trainer in this league. I started it a year ago. I, I was just kind of thinking of what could I do that's a little different? Where can I kind of fill a space maybe in, in the league, the club podcast world? And I really just wanted to highlight again, highlight these women, but have really authentic conversations with them where it's not pandering and it's not asking them, you know, anything that's like super gender centric. I want people of all genders to be able to listen to my podcast and really learn something from it. And I really feel like I've been able to do that. And it's, it's been fun. And I think this year I've expanded the conversations a little bit to talk about maybe some deeper social issues that are happening this year. I had Kimmy checks from NFL network on, and she's been a huge part of, of, and very vocal proponent of social justice. And she has a Snapchat show. And then actually today I just had a conversation with Tracy Odie Blunt, who's a senior vice president of corporate communications for the NFL. And we talked about voting and the importance of NFL votes. So being able to kind of expand off the field a little bit and, and have conversations about broader issues that are affecting all of us and, and the work that we do still in the league has been something that's been really, really exciting for this second season and new for the second season while sprinkling in some football and some other stuff in there as well. Yeah, Haley, you've done this such great work on it. I've know I've listened to a couple of your episodes and you know, you're really one of the first in the industry to have a podcast like that. And I know when Alexis and I first started talking about launching the snap, your playmakers podcast was one of our inspirations. I know I called you yeah. at the beginning of it to kind of hear your advice and you know, what worked for you, what didn't. So just wanted to highlight that, that you've done such a great job on it. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Well, Haley, you've really created quite the career for yourself from being an an arena host for the Lakers to working Super Bowls for the NFL. But first, I want to start at the very, very beginning. Where did you get your start in broadcasting and what does your path look like since then? Yeah, I'll give you guys the Reader's Digest version (laughs) because it's a it's a crazy one. Um, I think, well, just to shortly answer your question, my first sort of gig in the industry was actually covering high school football recruiting for what was then Fox Sports Next and Scout.com. So like a Rivals, a 24-7 sport. So those types of sites that that, um, cover high school football recruiting. And I got my degree from UC San Diego in communication. It was broad, but I didn't totally have it figured out. I was working full-time at a dance studio. I was working their front desk. And then once I got my college degree, I was promoted to manager. So I was handling everything from payroll to scheduling teachers for classes to literally producing recitals to recitals a year. And I knew that it wasn't obviously my career, but it was a job that paid the bills. So I had a salary. I could pay my car payment and other things and I could handle that. So it was just kind of trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And, and I think it kind of goes back to the environment that I grew up in. Both my parents worked for a local station growing up behind the scenes, but my mom was the community services director slash producer. And my dad ended up being the news director. So that was the world that I grew up in. And then I just grew up a huge sports fan and kind of really never wanted the NFL season to end. I was always kind of catching myself, like checking out news. And and that's when I figured, oh, maybe we'll segue into sports broadcasting. So the Fox Sports Next Scout gig, that was the first gig that I had. And I literally got it by sending the guy who ran that division of it, just a DM on Twitter, just kind of selling myself and, and with a reel. And he called me in for an interview and, and, whatever happened from there happened from there. I got the gig and they didn't have anyone covering high school football in San Diego. So, so that was really cool. And and I say this too, I had a conversation with um, Judy Batista and she talked about the importance of high school football. And I think so many women now or, or men too, you know, they just want to get to the national level. They want to get to covering, you know, the NFL or, or whatever it is. But there's so many great things that you learn about covering high school. I learned how to talk to players, how to talk to coaches, how to interview, and how to even build those relationships where you talk to a guy at one game about, okay, who's recruiting you and you verbally committed, and then you keep in touch with him the remainder of the season. And it's very similar to what we all do now with these players that that we build relationships with through the years in, in the NFL. So that was sort of the first gig that I had. And then I got the Chargers, my first job with the Chargers in 2014 and Lakers in 15 and things went on from there. Well, like you mentioned at the top of the show, you did start with the Chargers in a contributing writer role for the team a couple of years ago. What was the transition like from contributing writer to your current role now? Yeah. So it was a, yes. So contributing writer, that was the titles. So I was there for three seasons when the team was in San Diego. And then when they moved to LA, they brought me on full-time in the capacity that I'm in. I think it was such a natural transition and it was so seamless because I was able to sort of keep up with my on-camera skills on the side. So for instance, the 2015, 16 Lakers season, I was there in arena host. So 
I was hosting their pregame show, Lakers TV, and I was conducting in arena contests during the game and reading PAs and everything like that. So I was still keeping up with those skills. So then once the Chargers brought me on full-time, like I said, it was just kind of a seamless transition because look, I knew everyone in the building. We did have a coaching change at the time. That was when Coach Lynn came on, but knew the players, knew most of the coaching staff. And it was just you know, okay, now you're doing this for the team and, and maybe your interviews instead of being on camera on your, or I'm sorry, off camera on your phone are now going to be on camera. So it was just kind of seamless in that sense. I feel very, very fortunate that that, that all worked out because I was hoping that obviously I would, I would land a full-time job with them. And, and I think those three years that I had, though, again, really, really great experience of, of building relationships with players on the team and coaches on the team and, and writing articles and, and then segueing that into what I do now. Now, Haley, you also worked both Super Bowl 53 and last year's Super Bowl. Well, I guess that was this year's Super Bowl. The beginning yeah. of the year. This has been a long year. <laughs> it's been a really long year, you guys. It really has. But you worked both of those Super Bowls as a host for the NFL's in-stadium coverage. What was mm-hmm. that like? That had to have been so cool. It's a really, really exciting experience. And it was an experience I didn't ever anticipate getting. Um, ironically, it happened because the crew that I worked with when the Chargers went to London in 2018, they produce uh, the NFL's international games and then they produce the coverage of Super Bowl's draft and all that. And so they had asked me and and it was really exciting. I make the joke and you guys will appreciate this as a, as a Broncos entity it never really hit me the magnitude of the event until the national anthem played. And the joke I make is I didn't get emotional. Like no Sean Moreno did at that one game where like tears are like literally streaming down his face. But, but that's when it hit me when I was in Atlanta and the national anthem played, I'm like, Holy moly, this is the super bowl. This is the event that it's probably, it's the biggest sporting event in the world at that point. And it's really, really cool to be a part of, like you said, I do in game hosting for them for both, um, media, uh, Super Bowl opening night, which is like media day, media night, and then some packages and things during the week. And then on Sunday, I help host the pregame show. So unless you're there in the venue, you're not going to see it, but it still is really, really cool to be part of a team that puts something like that on. And then the team, once kickoff happens, my job has been done and I just get to watch the game and enjoy the game. But the team that I work with, they call the game, they do the graphics in the game. And it's just really special to be part of something like that because there's so many different, you think of radio, TV, so many different entities that make up coverage of that event. And it's been really, really fun and and really, really special to be part of. Yeah. Now you might've just talked about it, but I have to ask out of everything you've ever covered in your career, any event, any game, what has been by far your favorite and why? Yeah. So the Super Bowls are up there for sure, just because of, of what they are. I have a couple, I think Chargers game, I would probably say that game that we had in London because it was just such an awesome experience to be able to go over to London. It was a thrilling game. It literally landed, it it ended on the very, very last play and they walked out of there with a win against the Titans, which was really cool. And then as far as the Lakers, um, the last game I ever hosted for them was Kobe's last game ever. And I always said that was to me such a huge sports moment because 
it was just so special in and of itself, but knowing that he is no longer with us, it carries a little different significance now just because of, of the fact that he isn't here anymore. And that was also really special too, because I didn't anticipate, um, there was a girl and I, and we job shared. So, you know, cause there's so many home games in an NBA season. And so she took half and I took half and I didn't expect to do that. Cause I think he announced his retirement mid season and they kept me on it and it was really, really cool. So those three things have all been really, really special events for different reasons. And I am not done yet creating memories in, in this league and in this industry, but, um, but it's been really fun to, to have those under my belt so far. All right. Last one for you here, Haley, what advice would you give other women looking to get into the sports industry? Yeah, I think one kind of piece of advice that, that is, I don't want to say different a little bit, but, um, it sounds silly, but just be nice, like be a really good person. This industry, as we know, is so, so, so small so small. My cousin works for the Broncos, ironically. And um, yeah, he's, he's the VP of um, business development for the Broncos. So we got a little family tie there. That's how small it is. Yeah. (laughs) But it's an extremely small world. So just always being a really good person, being on the up and up, being positive, it goes a long way. Our head of production here at the Chargers, he used to be with the New York Jets, and I had interviewed with him years ago for an opening that they had, and he then joined the team right before we moved to LA after the move was announced, and I feel really fortunate that I had made a good impression that you know we were able to work together when that move happened, and again, we make the joke, never thought we'd see each other again, you know, but, but it is an extremely small world. And I just think if you can be nice, your reputation, you could be the best reporter in the world, but if you're a trash person, your reputation is all you have at the end of the day. And I think it goes a really, really long way in this business of just being positive and being a good person and being memorable in that sense too. That's great advice, Haley. And it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Even though you work for the chargers, we're not going to hold that against you. (laughs) But Haley, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the snap today. Thank you for having me again. I really, really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. And and like I said, happy to support women doing their thing in this industry because it's awesome anytime that happens. Well, guys, we are out of time. So that'll do it for this episode of The Snap. A big thank you to all of you for tuning in. And another thank you to Haley Elwood for joining us. We'll see you all right back here next Wednesday for another episode.